Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. Today is legit, and we are legitimately thankful that you are joining us, listener. This is Tim Allman here with... Jake Bessling. You said legit twice. I love it. Yeah, legit and legitimately. Please keep in mind, listener, if you like what you hear, liking and sharing and commenting on your listening app and social media outlet of choice is much appreciated to get the word out. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. It helps us share the love and life and learning of Jesus with others. Today begins a two-part series. I am pumped for this. Yes. Because this topic has the potential to draw you closer to Jesus. A two-part series on faith and finances. Jake and I have been at this pastoral thing for just a minute. Just a minute. We got many more minutes to come. We love marriage and family. We love preaching, leading, all of those things. Yet one of the major growth opportunities is changing, allowing the Spirit of God to change people's perspective toward their faith as it relates to their finances. These two F words are almost bad words as they interact and connect and even collide, some people may say, with one another. We have to connect them. Why? Because Jesus does. Jesus wants our hearts, and to get to our hearts, he has to go through and change, radically change even, our perspective toward his finances. Ample finance can create pride and self-sufficiency. You've made it. You are king of the castle, maybe even God of your own little micro-universe. But deficient resources can create shame and self-doubt. Neither posture, uh, member of the body of Christ, baptized child of God, neither posture is appropriate for you, a blood-bought child of God. That is your identity. Nothing you earn uh, makes up for that identity. You are his Child, So, Jake, please tell us, please tell me and our listeners that there is a better way to live. Oh, thankfully there is. I mean, Jesus yearns to be Lord and King over every aspect of your life. There is nothing that's hidden to him. He knows it all. He's not ashamed of you. He loves you. And if you're struggling with finances in the past, nor is he overly impressed with you, though, if you've accumulated much of the world's Wealth. You, you got, think I'm you, kind of a big deal. I'm pretty awesome, man. Yeah, I have worked hard. Right. Where'd you get that? I worked hard. I got I got stuff. You're not going to take it with you. You don't see a U-Haul behind a hearse. I mean, Jesus yearns for us to take all of the finances he has given to us first and foremost and hold them not with a closed fist, but an open hand, saying something like this is a prayer. Maybe you pray this as you're driving along or listening. Jesus, have your way with everything you have given me. It's a gift to me, and I want to give it back to you. For this posture to develop in the Christian life, this requires spiritual advisors to help you make good financial decisions, and we desperately need advisors. We have one of those spiritual advisors with us today in Jeff Rodemeyer. Jeff is a teacher, a coach, 
a community servant. He is, I've seen this, man. This dude is a marvelous high school football <laughs> referee, a former, we share this, Jeff and I, former high school and college quarterback. He is also our head elder at Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church and School and is a phenomenal men's ministry leader. Again, like Trey Cox last week, it feels like men like Jeff simply have more hours in the day than most. So welcome to Lead Time, Jeff Rodemeyer. Thanks, glad to be with you. Yeah, buddy. That's awesome. So let us uh, take a little bit of your, and hear a little bit of your professional journey, Jeff, um, how you developed a love for connecting faith and finance together. Sure. Well, I started out as a high school science teacher and coach uh, with the intent of being a college basketball coach. Um, decided to not pursue that. I moved uh, into being a school administrator, so I was an assistant principal for about 10 years, hmm. and then retired from public education after 32 years. Wow, thank you for your service, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. Amazing. It was a wonderful time. Um, about nine months after that, I decided, hey, I'm young, I need to do something else. So, How, how old were you at that? I, if you I don't was, mind, you can ask guys yeah. this question but yeah, you can. <laughs> when you made it's that fine. transition. Fine, um, thanks. I made that transition at 54, Sure. Yeah, 53, 54 years of age. Second so, season of life. Yep. yep. And, you know, had a great time, played some golf. and. Uh, yeah, you tell me about golf. You played golf for how long? And then you're like, uh. I played every day for or five days a week for nine months. <laughs> And about the last month, I went, okay. Every this is day. Two, five days I mean, a week. Five days a week. Five That's his job, man. That's yeah, his job. That was awesome. That was my job. <laughs> it was my job. <laughs> right. But, uh, so the retired life. You're yeah. like the retired exactly. life. 54. 54. Well, that's what everybody aspires then, to. Okay, I've right. worked hard. And right. I've earned this. Exactly. And you're not um, still doing that. So what happened? Uh, so then I decided, hey, I need to go do something. And my financial advisor said, hey, why don't you come work for us? Um, huh. So I moved into the financial advisory business with Thrivent Financial. Did you have a background like in that world? Zero. It was so, like uh, drinking from a fire hose yeah, and reading a foreign language. I had no idea what it was, but that's the good thing. They, in that industry, they'll provide a lot of training and yeah. I work with a great team and they were wonderful. To, How often did you play golf then? Uh, not as near as much. <laughs> but a little. But like a little. maybe once a month. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's been a great career change. So That's a uh, cool story though. I mean, having... You never know what God's going to do, right? Right. With your past experiences, he may lead you to deepen whatever that experience was, or he may say, no, nah, we're going to do a, an about face. We're going to pivot big time into a total another industry yep. for you to use gifts that you may not even know that you have. Yeah. Oh, he's right? got a great sense of humor because my father-in-law, who was an accountant, offered my wife and I a chance to buy his business. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not sitting in an office. I hate numbers. Right. Um, and so... Here, all these years later, <laughs> I'm in an office now. working with numbers. <laughs> what was one of the biggest reasons, though, you didn't just keep playing golf? I mean, that you could have. Uh... Well, actually, there's more of a purpose in life. I purpose. Mean, I, I My goal is to decompress, and that was a good way to do it. You sure. could go out in nature and spend four or five hours and get some exercise. And I had been along 32 years in public education, and I was ready to just kind of relax. And Yeah. But then after a while, you get to where, okay, what's my purpose now? There's right. more to life. There's a, hopefully a lot more years down the road. So what are you going to do? You've heard us say this before, but retirement is mm-hmm. not in the... It's in, not in the scripture it's at all. It's not in the Bible. Nope. You always all. are called to work. Mm-hmm. And if God worked for six days and then rest, we got to have rhythms mm-hmm. of rest. And I think there's nothing wrong with taking, yeah, maybe even a year just to live in a different sort of space, a little bit more recreation. But then out of that recreation, that's where recreation comes from. God is recreating a new purpose and passion for you to use your gifts and a new season of life. Most definitely. And, and that gives you 
that gives you meaning and purpose and joy and everything that's good rather than people internally combusting when they just say, you know what? Life's about me. Just sit back. I, I've arrived. And I see these guys all the time out of the golf course. It's like, man, there's more. Mm-hmm. There's more. You had 40, 30, 40 years of professional life leading organizations. How are you investing in the next generation of corporate leaders? Yeah, you know? I mean, and that Come could, on, man. Come on, man. That could have been you. So thanks for yeah. me to God that you, you found yes, your purpose. Indeed. And you've been yep. finding your purpose there for the last... 10 years uh, at Thrive It yeah. for the last 13 years. 13 now. years. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So We're good. Still going to do it. So finances, you are a wonderful personal financial advisor for me, Jeff. You are patient. The last podcast, if you didn't listen to it with, with Trey Cox, I, I said, you know, math was not my strong suit. So I need some advice, <laughs> advice when it comes to finances. You're patient with my questions and you're very knowledgeable. You studied hard and you're passing off that knowledge to others. You ask great questions. So what are some of the questions mm-hmm. Good leaders ask good questions. What are some of the questions you yearn for those whom you financially advise to consider? Um, you know, first of all, it's like, uh, what do you feel God calling you to do? Because that's a big thing. Where, where are you in life and what are you thinking you're going to do um, with those resources that you've been blessed with? And whether it's much or little, you've been blessed with resources. How you can, what, do you, what do you see yourself uh, being called to do with that yeah. as you move forward, no matter what stage you are in life. Um, what's most important in your life? You know, where, where, what do you see? Is it your family? Is it your, you know, what priorities do you have? Where do you have that structure? So of goals, first goal, goals, goals and values. Yep, goals and then values and then goals and objectives. Yeah. Where do you see that? And then uh, what do you see your legacy being? Because is it just the time you're here on earth or you know, what do you, what, what's going to happen beyond that? If you're a Christian and you believe in, in tithing, um, how are you going to do that as a legacy after you're gone? What are your, what are your goals for that? Uh, rather than just impact while you're here in life. Um, and then lastly, I think, uh, do you think, how do you think of money? Do you think of it as your money or our money, or do you think of it as, uh, God's money. So, you know, how, how, what's your view of it? Because some people you hear them talk about, well, I earned this or this is my 401k. Well, uh, so it's it's important to see how do they look at money to then have a conversation with them of where they're going. So what I'm hearing there is part of it's just education that mm-hmm. um, some people don't even know that they can leave a legacy and their generosity, mm-hmm. um, that there's ways that financial advisors like Jeff um, can help. Um, set you up um, to still retire well and have everything that you need, but also to have that money continue on into the future. Once you're once you're passed on and you're with Jesus, that you continue to affect lives mm-hmm. for eternity, and that you um, can decide what kind of missions, nonprofits, churches that you'd like to continue yeah. to support. That's yeah. amazing. Thanks for walking alongside people. I mean, you are holistically generous um, with your time, talent, and treasure to your family and to the Church of Jesus Christ and the mission of His Church and Jesus. So thank you. Why do many Christians, though, do you think, struggle to go on a generosity journey toward the mission of Jesus at the local church? Well, I think um, stages in life are interesting. And I looked Mm -hmm. at my own life. Early in life, I thought the best charity was me. because (laughs) That's awesome. I was struck. I was struck. I mean, you know, you're new, you're right out of school, you don't make a lot of money. Yeah. How, how am I going to do that? Well, charity, charity is me. Yeah. So, Scarcity mindset. Exactly. Right? And as you mature over time and things 
a change in life with work and maybe getting married and having a family and owning a home and starting to think about putting away for life, your perspective uh, can change quite a bit. You come under, I think you come into an understanding of what true service, true giving, and true leadership can be um, as you transition from a me mindset to a, there's something bigger in this world than just me to we mindset and weaving the church Mm -hmm. and others. How, but were there any particular instances, experiences, moments, people that really shaped that? Yeah. Cause you have an open mindset as it wasn't closed for you to get to where you are right now. Is that gradual or just kind of a, no, I think, um, fortunately I was uh, blessed to be raised in a family from what I could remember. My grandparents, my parents, my wife's family members, um, very generous people looking for how they can help. My grandfather was part of building the original church that yeah. I grew up in. So it was modeled for you. Yeah. So we had this great model Family legacy. of, of yeah. constantly giving, um, offering, uh, as well as ties and, and service. Right. And so as you had a choice to kind of get uh, away from that when you didn't make much, then you had a choice to get back on it sure. when God led you to yep. it. It's beautiful. However, it's interesting how sin creeps in. And like I said, Early on, it's a me mindset versus yeah. a we mindset. I'm giving to the bank of me. Mm-hmm. I'm contributing to me. Oh, yeah. A me mindset, yeah. So talking, oh, I'm really pumped about this one because this one has the opportunity to make some people a little uncomfortable. And everybody knows Jake and I like to talk about uncomfortable mm-hmm. things. Here we go. Talking about Good. one's net wealth is somewhat taboo in our culture. We don't want to boast on the one hand if we got a lot or be ashamed if we feel like in comparison to others, uh, we don't have much. So there's shame. I get it. Yet, what are some tangible ways that people can submit their financial reality to advisors to get advice from those who can lead them to then make godly decisions? Said another way, how in summary can people wisely bring what is hidden into the light of Christ? Sure. First of all, I think you have to search the scripture. You have to read read the word, see what's it say about that. I yeah. think people are vastly misinformed. They may hear the pastors say it, it's talked about in scripture a lot, but they really haven't spent any time saying, okay, what does it say? Because it's a great prescriptive for how to live your life financially. Amen. So s- s- do that. And then, of course, praying for wisdom and guidance rather than trying to do it on your own kind of thing, which in Western culture is tough because we're taught to, you know, pull Pick yourself, yourself up. Yeah, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get to it, and work hard, and you'll make it. The yeah. American dream, but uh, that the prayer and for wisdom and guidance is key. Um, maybe attend some courses like Financial Peace University or Crown Ministries that are designed to give people a, a foundation of how do you handle money, well, how do you budget, how do you do the right things uh, with debt and, and managing all of that, and then. Contrary to what most people think, go talk to a financial advisor. Most people don't do that. Sometimes because they think, well, I don't have much. Right. Well, even with in early in life, you can get a very good foundation from talking to someone who can give you a, a roadmap of walk this path and it will work for you. A penny can multiply into oh 450 gosh. billion if yeah. you missed last week with yeah. Trey. 450 mm-hmm. billion just compound interest. So a, a little starting young with certain principles yep. can, can really multiply into a lot. Yeah, we use an example with young clients of starting at age 20, putting $2,000 away for 10 years. Per year, 2000 a year. 2000 per year. That's it. Not a lot of, a lot of, a lot of money for 10 years. I mean, a decent chunk, but not, not huge. And then 
compare that to, oh, that was a good idea. I'm 30. I'll start now and do that till I'm 65. And the person who started at 20 and only did it for 10 years uh, outpaces the person by the time they're both 65 by close to $100,000. Come on. Mm. So starting early, starting even with a little, and letting the compound numbers game work for you is huge. Now, a lot of people listening um, might be like the average American that holds a lot of debt. I've, I've heard numbers of $8,000 on credit card debt per mm-hmm. household and crippling, on average. Crippling. Really tough. So debt's a major problem in our world, especially um, among starting in college kids. Um, you know, hey, I just got all these credit card offers. So what sort of an approach do you give to those who desire to really invest and save and 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 go that route, but they just don't think they can. I mean, they have ample debt. Mm-hmm. So debt is crippling, and the first thing to attack it is set up a budget. Most people don't do that. They mm-hmm. just, oh, here's my paycheck, and I go <laughs> buy and figure out, and pretty soon they, oh, I have to put this on credit. Uh, An emergency happens, and they don't have cash. So the debt then starts building up. So budgeting, no matter who you are, no matter what your your net worth is, is a huge thing. Um, second thing is pay God first. Um, you can't outgive God, and so pay Him first. Then pay your pay your obligations. You got to turn on the lights and make your mortgage or rent and buy your food. There are certain set things you're going to have. Um, make sure you pay those. Pay yourself. Set up an emergency fund. Yeah, um, I'm a big Dave Ramsey proponent. Sure, get that thousand dollar baby step out of the way. Start using cash. Not start credit. using cash. Then start attacking your debt. And, yep, you're going to have to do without some things for a little bit, but that's okay because you will truly end up way ahead if you do that, those kinds of things. And then lastly, plan for your future needs. Are You're going to need to replace your car. Your, your roof may leak. Your water heater may go out. So as part of that emergency planning, um, you know, put, put money aside for that. And I love your patience because in your financial consulting, you walk, you walked us and others through these kind of just normal lifestyle things mm-hmm. that maybe your parents, grandparents, they didn't talk to you about that. No one taught me how to, mm-hmm. sorry, mom and dad. I remember talking about balancing a checkbook, but I don't remember like 101 of putting together a family budget. Right. You know what I'm saying? Pretty common in people. They just, that's not a, a thing people want to talk about. They don't want to talk about other. A little t- taboo, right? Yeah. Families have these taboo issues that well, right. we don't talk to our kids about, which so you wade into the awkward mm-hmm. right there with a husband and wife who may have compounding values mm-hmm. when it comes to their finances. Yep. And, and Jeff, you're our advisor as well. And I appreciate just the the first time I had that interaction, my wife and I, you just had a, an empty notepad. And it was more so before we get to that, I want to get to know you. Yeah. And so the trust building that you and I'm sure a lot of other people do just to, to say, hey, I'm in your corner, I'm in your court. Um, I, I wanted to build some trust here and the, yeah, as you said, patience with, this is what we're going to do now, but Hey, in the future, when we meet up a year from now and two years from now, you'll be able to do more. And so having these small baby steps is key. And I feel like we should go to our callers right now and have them call in, um, anyone out there that has eliminated, eliminated their debt and yeah, cut, yeah. cut up a credit card, Share it on ring Facebook. a bell or something. For Man, real. Ring that bell. Thank this you, Dave. And next episode, we're actually going to have, um, Sue and Dan Barry, and they're going to tell a little bit more Personal of their testimony. story of faith yep. and finance with debt reduction and then giving things away. So let's pivot a little bit. We have some church leaders, professional church workers, maybe some pastors listening. Why do some pastors, professional church workers, why are they so fearful 
about connecting faith and finances. Even though Jesus talks about it more than any other topic in Scripture, they're still fearful a lot of times to boldly proclaim and invite people into the life, which is truly life, to give everything away, your very life. Jesus doesn't just want to change our finances. He wants to be Lord of every aspect of our life. So why is there fear to preach uh, about faith and finances uh, and from the pulpit. More than once a year. I mean, I remember growing up, it was Stewardship, stewardship Sunday. 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 One Sunday. One Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Let's yeah. not have any more of that, you know? I mean, you might come to church for three months or something a couple <laughs> times, and maybe you just land up on the, the Stewardship Sunday, and it's like, oh. all this place talks about is money. money. What's oh, going on man. with that? Well, number one, Jesus talked a lot about it. So, yeah, what, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting that people go into service uh, businesses, being a pastor or other kinds of services, and that's because they like people. Well, they like to be liked. Yes, we do. Yeah, and that's that's human nature. Yeah, um, and one of the problems with doing that when you talk mm-hmm. on those kind of subjects is it can make people very uncomfortable. It yeah. can, as you said earlier, offend them. bring up some shame that they may have that they haven't handled things correctly, um, creates anxiety, and now— well, they might not like me. And right. They may be upset that we talked about that more than just, oh, it's time to fill out your pledge card this year. Yeah. As pastors, we are taught to live in the tension. Hopefully, if you went to the seminary, or you've been discipled in what it means to be a pastor. We make the comfortable, uncomfortable. That's law. You're not right in your own. And yet for those that are broken, those that feel the heaviness of the law that produces maybe shame and guilt— it's the balm of the gospel, mm-hmm. unconditional love because of the cross and empty tomb of Jesus. We walk that center point at our best when we're fully functioning as a leader at the local level. We're walking that tension point, law, gospel, uncomfortable, comforted by the gospel. So we should be able to mitigate that. We can bring a word that we re- recognize people may have shame, well, and then we give them love. And speaking the truth is still speaking the truth, and that's where people have to understand. It's speaking the truth with love for you and compassion for you. And if you're uncomfortable, that's a good sign that maybe you ought to get some other uh, discussion going with the pastors or other advisors that you can yeah. talk to about it. So why else may pastors be afraid uh, to talk about faith and finances? I think the that they think that the congregation members are, and people may have said that, we're not here to hear about that. We're here to hear about other things. We want to hear God's word. Exactly. Just bring us God's word. Just bring us God's word. Just tell us how to live our life with that kind of stuff, but stay away from my money. God's word filtered to my agenda. Uh-huh. And so they're they're not reading God's word because exactly. God's word talks about it yeah. a lot. It's all over the place. And, and we're, it's, of course, all over the place with Jesus. He talks about it pretty much more than any other topic. But there's other places in the scripture, too, the wisdom literature, the Proverbs then, um, and even from the very get-go of time, talent, and treasure, and uh, wealth. So what's one of your favorite Bible passages, if you're saturated on this, favorite Bible passages or stories that connect this faith and finance, Jeff? Well, uh, oddly, this may not seem like it, but this really made a difference for us a long time ago in our family finance life. It's out of Matthew 8, the story of the leper, mm. where he asked Jesus if he was willing to heal him. He knew he was able, yeah. mm-hmm. but he said, are you willing to do that? And sometimes I think we f- forget that Christ is there to help us with all our needs, whether it be a physical illness or a financial challenge or whatever it is, and we don't go to him. 
uh, with that type of thing. He'll help with all our needs. Otherwise, he wouldn't have went to the cross and died for us. So he's willing, not only able, but willing to do it all. And so um, for myself and, and our family, um, getting over the thought that Jesus is willing to help us if we just go and ask. Just ask. Because we know he says, ask and you'll receive. But right. yet, because of that, gee, I'm not doing very well. Kind of ashamed of where I'm at. Got, you know, as the commercial used to say, I've got debt up to my eyeballs. Um, being willing to go and say to him, okay, I, I need help. I need help. I'm on my knees. And know that he's willing to help you with that. To me, that's a great finance story as well as anything else. So I hope, listener, you're hearing that, you know, from top-down professional church worker, layperson, whoever you are that's listening, leader, that there's hope for you. If you um, are struggling with debt, there's resources, there's people that are in your corner. Just ask for help, and they're there for you. And and I'm going to talk to the pastors just for a moment, because I was under the impression, you know, when I got out of really uh, undergraduate work, and I was going to be a church worker, that, you know, um, tithing isn't for me. I mean, my life is a tithe. And so I, I was definitely corrected by God's word and other people um, in my corner just to say, hey, that that really still applies to you as a Christian person. And so, um, and then there's just growth in that and continually being sacrificial. And go back to Malachi that says, you know, you can't test God in anything except this. Test him in your generosity and he'll open up the floodgates of heaven. He's going to take care of you like he takes care of the birds and lilies of the field. How much more is he going to take care of you? And so test them in that and give give whatever your heart is leaning you toward. Jeff, you are a gift to the body of Christ. You give and you give and you give. You wear a lot of hats at Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church in school, as well as in our community. <laughs> uh, so how do you, a lot of people struggle with balance. If I could just balance everything. So how do you balance it all? And how do you then determine what to say yes to and what to say no to? Well, candidly, I'm not very good at that. Um I have a tendency to say yes when people ask mm. and then be frustrated with myself because I said yes. And it's like, okay, how do I fit that in? However, um, I've, I've worked on praying over each opportunity uh, rather than just react to it, which is what I used to do. Oh, yeah, I can do sure. that. Oh, yeah, I can do that. But really go to go in prayer over each opportunity to ask for God's guidance, for uh, that I would be open uh, to his will because he'll know if I've got the, the bandwidth to fit it in um, and that I would be uh, provided with the right answer, that he, he'll lead me that way. And then lastly, I've given my wife permission to uh, pull me back and say, because yeah. we, we have family discussion about, okay, yeah. how's we're this thinking gonna about how's this going to impact us. Mm-hmm. And she has permission to go, that don't, don't add that at this time, and here's why. So I think that's key, too, of for couples to have that discussion and give your spouse a permission to say, you know what? I think you're overstretched now as it is. Maybe this is not a good time. Yeah. And it's incumbent upon the, I rarely use that word incumbent. It's necessary for the professional church worker to help you even draw those boundaries. And sometimes for guys like you, you know, we confess, sometimes we take advantage of, cause Jeff does it. Trey will do it. Bark gets after it. Uh, Tess will say yes. I just mm-hmm. uh, Tess will say it. We've had them all on the show. We've had all these people on our and show. And they said yes. You know, and they did say yes. But it's yeah, the one time. Thing. You'll, you'll give 30 minutes to come to a podcast, but then it's the ongoing leadership. Mm-hmm. How do we help you and other leaders like you, Jeff, kind of narrow your focus 
and refine your respective passion ministry point and say, just invest in mm-hmm. this. And so we are committed to working on that with you and many others here and uh, beyond this congregation. How do we then multiply to the rest of the body so that the entire body is built up with their respective gifts rather than just, and I, I don't even like this phrase, but 10% doing 90% of the work, mm-hmm. you know, and the 90% just sitting on the sideline watching other people get after it. If it's about multiplication and a major metric for you of apprenticing other people and being a leader of leaders, then it theoretically yep. <laughs> should be easier. Yeah, but, And I think people make that mistake. They think, hey, well, I'll just do it instead of looking around for people that, that, and identifying Oh, they have skills in this area yeah. and go have that ICMU conversation you. Cool. and then help mentor them to take on roles that you can then go on to other things or That's right. expand that. that it's, it's almost odd when people respond to me or others like, you know what, I'm going to take some time and pray about that. And then they actually get back to you. Because on one side, they'll either say, they'll kind of avoid you and say no right away or like, uh, no, I, no, I don't think so. Or <laughs> a lot of times they just say yes. But then it gets into it in two, three months from now. They really are like, man, I should have said no, but I just said yes because yeah. it's you. Yeah. And so we're going to be talking, I think, about balance in the next couple of weeks. And, and boundaries. Stay, mm-hmm. stay tuned to balance and boundaries. Uh, to close out our time here, uh, we asked three questions of all of our mm-hmm. guests. Jeff, this has been a kick. It's been awesome. You've been amazing. What? Who are you currently apprenticing, um, and what does that look like in your life? Well, I met a young man through a family friend, um, and we decided to get together every other Saturday. Uh, we get get up on Saturday morning at 6 and go have coffee, and our plan is we, we're reading the Bible. Our goal is to read it throughout one year, and we get together, and we discuss the Scripture we've read what the challenges were, what we liked, and what questions were wow. in there for us. Um, we talk about our families. We talk about, you know, what's going on in our work. Every Saturday. Every other. Every other. Every other Saturday. Wow. And it's been a, I mean, I've gotten, he's significantly younger than I am. And um, it, I've gotten so much more I th- mm. out of it than I think Even you probably could ever what, get. What book but, are you guys on? Uh, we're in uh, Mark. Mark. Right now. You started in uh, I forget. Matthew or you started in I forget. Genesis? No, it's been a we we've been going for a while. You've been going. Good, so good. That's we just awesome. decided to start because Way we didn't to want to do a canned book. We just said let's read scripture. Read the book. Yes. And come back and say, Okay, what did it say to you? What what things didn't you get? What do you got questions? And it's leading I found out just through this guy, he's got a uh he's thinking about going into some kind of ministry and wow. so that being able to help uh, in that with him and God, seeing what God's doing in his life and his family's life is just awesome. Now, now I want to know who he is so I can ask him to do something. I really do. <laughs> I've already asked him. You already asked him. Yeah. Okay. No. We've said, already let the cat out of the bag. He said yes. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> so good. Dude, what books are you currently reading? Leaders are readers and readers are yep. leaders. Well, actually, uh, three. One's fiction, so I'm going to bring it up. But Sorry. one is Joining Jesus on His Mission by Greg Finke. Um as we get ready to continue to expand journey groups, what, what's being an everyday missionary look like and how can we impact our community? And the other is Your New Money Mindset by Brad Hewitt, who is a former CEO of Thrivent Financial. And Brad wrote a book talking about the role money plays in people's lives and how to develop a surplus mindset, not a scarcity mindset. So good. Oh, and the last question there is, what final word of advice do you have for young leaders looking to live that integrated life in relation to their finance and faith? 
Sure. Um, probably two things. Uh, make sure that your faith is noticed by others. Um, it's Make sure it's active and not hidden. Live your everyday life so others uh, would see your faith in action and want to know what you know. So there's something about you that they want to get to know more about. And secondly, be generous. Find ways to serve, to give, to lead, whatever fits within the skill set you've been given. Jeff, you have changed my life. I, I say that with the utmost respect and sincerity, buddy. You are a gift to me, your words of encouragement. If you're a church leader, I pray you got a lot of Jeffs around because he just exudes joy and belief in the spirit that rests upon me and our team. And you are continuing to grow and learn. You have that remarkable, and you've heard it today, listener, you have that remarkable combination of humility. You're a lifelong learner, and yet you want to give your life away, tenaciously, courageously uh, serve as a leader within the body of Christ. Last, uh, last week we were talking about prophetic lay voices, those who will challenge, those who will speak the truth with a spirit of love, and that is you, and I am all the better for it, buddy. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Jeff, thanks you, thank you for being flexible and available. Um, a lot of times uh, the gift that you offer is just being with people um, and then listening and then being able to give them the truth they need to hear, but in a humble way that isn't so in your face, um, but people respect you and care about what you have to say. And so shout out to to your wife as well. Um, and Maggie. the marriage that you guys have as you reflect the love of Jesus. How long have you guys been married? 47 years. 47 years. That's yep. so, so good. That's awesome. Thanks for being on Lead Time and teaching about faith and finance. Next week on the second part of this series, we're going to interview Sue and Dan Barry. They are members of Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church and School, and they have an amazing story of just um, having a lot of debt and then saying, hey, we, we would love financial freedom. And so you're going to be rocked by their story. And then from that freedom, they desired to serve the Lord by leading some financial classes. So buckle up for a great story. Come on back to lead time. And if you like this and you would like to share it, please do. And comment on the listening app of your choice. Sharing is caring. Go with the peace and joy and passion of Jesus. Thanks for joining us on lead time. We'll see you next week. He loves you. We do too. Yes, peace. Yes, peace. You have been listening to lead time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.